Now that it's July, we're going to talk about our gardens. There's a whole lot going on in the garden, I believe. I believe there's a lot. But right here in the Backyard Gardens podcast, we're going over our July garden update. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds. And must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the Backyard Gardener, and Batavia, the Front Yard Gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, as we learn to grow and grow for change. I have to make an announcement. Okay. I screwed up last time. Oh, okay. So as you may well know, we have t-shirts available, link in the description below. Mm-hmm. The coupon code, I believe I gave out the wrong one. Mm. It is GrowFood21, and that will give you 10% off. So okay. I believe I said the wrong thing last time, which, you know, what can I say? I'm not perfect. Well, you know, listen. Near perfect. We appreciate perfect. you. Well, <clears throat> we're clearly not saying that either. But we appreciate you coming back, acknowledging the error in your ways, and um, making it right. That's hey, you know, that's the least I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally the least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see. We have all kinds of stuff to go over today. I had to do a quick walk before we pressed record. Like I did my morning walk, my garden walk this morning. But, you know, I'm a chatty catty. And so I got to talking to one of my neighbors mm-hmm. and then it was like, all right, I need to get some work done. And so I said, well, let me at least do a cursory walk to make sure that I'm at least partially truthful when we do this update. Like, let me, let me make sure that stuff isn't dying and stuff is growing and, you yeah. know. Nothing's changed significantly since yesterday when I did a thorough garden walk. Mm-hmm. A thorough mm-hmm. garden walk. Yeah, I did one this morning just to double check things, but I've been working a lot in my garden every morning because mm-hmm. we've had some cooler days. Yeah. So I've been taking advantage of that. And uh, so I've been able to stay on top of it pretty well. Good on you. I am currently, currently looking for the listener question. Yeah, I thought I gave you some time to. Um, no, like, see, don't don't start with that. I was filling in that that <laughs> stare off and and all of that, but I thought I mean, I'd give I, you time. You want to hear a joke? I yeah, I want to hear a joke. It better be a good joke though. Oh, I totally don't have a joke. I just assumed you were going to say no, and then again, you would have <laughs> the question. <laughs> no, I have so many here, um, but we had pulled out one, and I'm trying to get it right. Um. I think it was, how do we get rid of white fly? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. So Ben did this really cool thing on Instagram, and I'm sure he'll do it again in the future. He kind of just opened himself up and said, ask me anything. And boy, did they ask him anything. <laughs> they damn sure enough did. <laughs> so I was this like, is one oh, of those shit. questions, right? Yeah, it was... Um, I was put to the test. I'll, I'll just put it to you that way. And so for the record, my beard is organic AF. So I do not fertilize my beard. But thank you for asking. Um, no, so basically the, the question was very simple. Um, how do we get rid of white fly? Mm-hmm. So, Batavia, first of all, do you have white fly? Um, I don't think I've seen white flies, but if just based on me saying it, I'm sure... They're out there it's, right now. It's right there. You yeah. just got double the amount. I mean, they are literally <laughs> out there humping away so you can see them now. So white fly. Um, so to be honest, I get a little bit of it in my carrots, mm-hmm. but I don't get it that bad. But luckily, um, I use a simple mixture of neem oil and dish soap mm-hmm. to get rid of it. So yeah, pretty they're, simple. Um, like that's it, they're nasty like you know mm. the internet pictures are nasty looking um you don't have them then you've you've confirmed that you haven't yeah, had that I'm issue looking at them no i've i've been fortunate um and 
in my mind, I thought, well, you know, maybe they look like aphids and maybe I've confused aphids with these. And no, they don't. And I have not. So I've been fortunate. Definitely, definitely leaf damage. Um, but I'm trying to figure out, is there, does it teeter towards one plant versus another? Does it have favorites? Um, I don't know, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I know, like I said, every once in a while I get them in my carrots mm-hmm. and basically my maintenance spray, I think takes care of it, which is, you know, like I said, a neem oil and a dish soap. Mm-hmm. So, um, just to go into that real quickly, the dish soap added to the neem oil is a dispersant. Okay. So what it does is it bonds to the neem oil, allows it to spray out. Right. Mm-hmm. But it also has another thing is where, I don't know, I mean... When you wash your dishes at night, how do your hands feel when you're done? Kind of dry. Kind of dry? Mm-hmm. Like, mine feel like the straight desert. Well, that's what it's doing to those little bugs is it's desiccating them by their skin. So, mm-hmm. they're drying them out. So, it's a twofer type deal. Yeah. So. But not so much so where it's damaging the plants themselves. No, no, not at all. And you're not using, I mean, so the recipe that I use is a tablespoon of neem oil and a good healthy squirt of dish soap to every gallon of water. Okay. Why are you rolling your eyes at that? No, it was um, <laughs> motorcycles or like buggies uh, or some of some sort revving up. I thought you were my... rolling your eyes about me saying a healthy squirt. And I'm like, come <laughs> on now. I don't know the exact <laughs> measurement. But this I actually is also- missed a little bit of that based on the outdoor noise, but I, I used my context clues to put it together. Well, I'm going to help you out too. So, um, dish soap and water is also a very good treatment for aphids. I, so, um, you don't believe me? No, I believe you so much so where I, <laughs> around this time of year, actually have um, a spray bottle that I normally carry outside. So I t- in my garden walks, I take my garden apron. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of things that I always keep on me. And at this time of year, that's one of them. It's a little bitty spray bottle. So... And it's got dish soap and water in it? Yep. Yeah. So, and to be exact, before we get messages, I use an unscented, quote unquote unscented, Dawn, D-A-W-N, dish soap. It's like 50 cents for the bottle. Mm -hmm. And I just keep it out in my shed, so. Yeah. I was taking the bottle from inside the house, but my wife told me if I kept leaving the the dish soap outside that I was going to have to do dishes forever. (laughs) And I said, I will be back. And I went and got it. And it never went outside again. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's a pretty straightforward fix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think it's a testament to how, you know, pests don't have to be overly complicated sometimes. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I was just so. looking up. It looks like the issue is they suck the juices from the leaves, which a lot of these itty bitty plants do. Like all of these plants aren't just eating away or excuse me, all of these pests aren't just eating away at your plants. Like they're sucking the sap out of them and it's probably a longer path to um, damage, if you will, you know. Yeah, I think it's, you know, honestly, I think it's one of those things where it's worse than leaf chewing because you don't notice it until Mm -hmm. it's like, oh shit, half of my plant's gone. Yeah. You know, so. I could be the ass and I'm like, well, if you were doing your garden walks, you would notice it. But the reality is a lot of these things sit on the undersides of leaves. Yeah. Right. I um I found a Japanese beetle today and it was just kind of luckily on the top of a leaf. I think they really like the tops of leaves, Japanese beetles in particular. But anyway, a lot of these other itty bitty tiny insects and pests, they sit on the underside of the leaves. And just think about how many leaves a lot of your plants have, you know. Yeah. You're not once gonna they, check them all. Once you have a full on in- infestation, they're gonna be covering a lot of leaves. But at the beginning, everything starts small. Yeah, well, see, and I mean, if you think about it, if you're doing your walks, I ever, I, I can think in my head of right now of 10 different areas that I'm watching daily to mm-hmm. see if it changes. And that could be um, a specific leaf or mm-hmm. a specific section of a plant. But I'm thinking right now, those are the things that I have in my head that I know that I need to look out for. So, yeah, you know, the if I see any change, then it triggers. The interesting a part of that is your garden and my garden are in two different stages. And so my watchful eye is more of like, I'm enamored by, oh, look at that. That has to be a whole foot of growth since the last time I looked at you, right? So um, I'm making sure just at a cursory glance that things haven't gone to shit. 
I'm probably neglectful in like inspecting because I'm, I mean, I'm probably a, a two weeks off of like feeling like my real big work is done. So I'm still like in vacation mode. I'm still kind of relaxing and it's a danger, right? Cause I could, again, I um, just happen to pause and see the Japanese beetle and another few days and guess what's going to happen. They're coming into the house. No. <laughs> mm, 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 so, mm, anyway. Mm, 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 mm. They're going to start playing music and having yeah. parties out there. Yeah. You're going to be out there with a bucket talking about bing, bing, uh-huh, bing, right into uh-huh. the water. So, well, look, I know that you have expressed that there are two different stages in our gardens, and I would love more than anything to get into that. So, let's take this break and let's come right back, and we're going to talk about our garden update for July. A lot of y'all asked, how can you help support the Backyard Gardens podcast? Well, we have been busy and we have created a t-shirt line just for the gardener. To visit our shop, go to the link in the show notes and check out the t-shirts and other goodies we have. Now, these are super special t-shirts designed just for the gardener. So enjoy. Thank you for supporting the Backyard Gardens podcast. And we'll see you guys after the harvest. And before we get started, I mean, really started, I just want to say if you have Japanese beetle issues or you need fertilizer or anything, click on the link below and that'll take you to our new Amazon store where we have all the products that we recommend for you to use. And we more than likely have used in our gardens. Now onto this regular scheduled program, (laughs) even though we were never clicked, but so um, what's going on in your garden, Batavia? Because mine is off the charts. Yeah, I'm super duper pleased. Um, I have gotten to the point now where everything has like real growth. Yeah. Right. You know, so my garden was planted just barely a month ago, meaning like my summer veggies were planted just barely a month ago. Um, So everything that went out that looked kind of small has gotten some real growth. Like they're viable plants now. You know, sometimes when you transplant things out. You're like, oh, well, okay, I had to pull that out. Like it, it for yeah. one reason or another, it didn't make it. I can see everything that's viable now. Um, I did it to come back around and pull a couple of things, but that actually goes back to the spring garden more so than the summer. So things are also, though, at the very, very green stage. Literally nothing has set flowers yet. Um, and it definitely hasn't set fruit yet for my summer veggies. So basically, I'm just looking at a whole bunch of plants that look the same, which is all good, you know. So. Yeah, they. It takes a minute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you are a little bit behind me. Yeah. 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 Which is un- which is understandable, but um, you know, I think last year I was late, so we were actually kind of running neck and neck. Mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. year, since I got my act together, and there wasn't this huge pandemic to take my mind off of it. Yeah. I, um, you know, getting out there, but I am, I am fruiting and I'm waiting on ripening mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. now. So that's exciting, that's, man. It's one of the, one of the best parts of, uh, I think no, to me it's frustrating. Is probably the best part for me. It's frustrating to me when you're waiting for it to ripen, you know, cause those first ripening, it's like, damn, but then it start kind of, then it kind of comes fast and heavy. So, um, you know, my in, indeterminate tomatoes, man they're they're pumping mm-hmm, you know what i mean mm-hmm. they're they're about to hit nine feet tall so i'm going to top them soon very soon that's wild i mean what are they they planted they were planted like it's not two months ago when may you... april 15th okay well yeah i put yeah. them outside mm-hmm. okay two and a half months that's yeah that's right yeah we have like i count kelly's like how many how many um how many tomatoes you got out there? I went out there and counted. I was like, we got 75 tomatoes. Oh, that's wild, man. <laughs> it's crazy, but... And we have stink bug damage, too. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, you know, flowers are at the point now where they're starting to actually bloom. Things that I started indoors, as well as, like, perennials. Like, we're starting to see flower heads now, which is cool. Yeah. Um, we had some cool, really cool, like low temperatures in the 50s here in Chicago which we're gonna have this conversation every 
like ending of June. I can't believe that it gets this cold in Chicago in June. Uh, So the balance there, though, is the weather hasn't still consistently been hot, if you will. And so I have to keep that in mind when it comes to some of these plants, Um, you know, peppers, tomatoes, things like that. Love this heat, you know. And so we're getting there, but we're not quite there yet, which also gives me some balance when it comes to um, not being so hard on myself in May. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good. I'm not, obviously I'm going back now two months and I have time on my hands now because all of my big garden tours and projects are done. So I'm kind of just waiting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, is once you get caught up on all your big chores and stuff and you can kind of sit back and look like, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, okay, I need to change this. I need to change that. I need to add this. I need to add that. Let me start this seed and that seed and do this. So, you know, I've been fighting the squash vine borer. Mm-hmm. And as of today, I yawn because it's exhausting. <laughs> uh, the squash vine borer has taken um, two of my plants. Okay. And I have three left. I have three started in cups, um, seedlings, and I have three more that I started later in the garden. So we have some wiggle room yeah, with them. But, um, you know, you I think you asked me earlier, like, when am I just going to give up? I'm not going to give up. Well, I'm going to keep let's, fighting. Let's, I'm fighting the good fight. To be fair, um, you answered quickly. And my question was more of, when are you going to consider a different variety and if that could be helpful? Yeah. Right. So, um, I know that I'm going to call it traditional zucchini is what you're having a lot of trouble with. Are all of them zucchini, all of your squash plants? No, I have a summer squash. I have a Ford hook zucchini. I have a Desi squash. I have a winter pumpkin and butternut squash. And so Mm -hmm. I bring up the winter pumpkin because, in reference to what you just said to me mm-hmm. and I want to make this very clear when you read that the squash vine borer is does not like butternut squash or pumpkins I'm going to say bullshit because <laughs> last year they tore up my butternut squash and this year he is all up in my pumpkin mm-hmm. all up in my pumpkin <laughs> so and I didn't even protect it because I was like ain't no worries mm-hmm. I ain't got nothing to worry about this thing is good to go and um, it's just, it's not, it's not good to go. So um, I don't think there is a variety that is resistant to it. And if there is, it's got some good ass drugs in it. Yeah. I don't know that there is either, but I'm just, it's in my mind, it's the, let's try something different. I'm actually, interestingly enough, waiting on my neighbor. I carved out a space for him to grow. He loves, 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 loves squash. Right. And I carved out a space for him to plant and grow and I would have planted it for him but it was pretty clear like he wanted to kind of you know start it from the beginning and all the way to the end and so I'm kind of like well and it's 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 killing me like I'm looking at this empty space I'm looking at this empty space I already have some squash planted in containers in the backyard so the reality is this isn't slowing down actually getting to the veggies and you know I could almost take or leave squash anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I am still looking at this empty spot, empty spot, empty spot, like, all right, brother, what are we going to do here? So we're supposed to be planting it this week. And I'm well, in my mind, I'm saying like a minute, drop a seed, <laughs> water, and we're done. But yeah. um, And then you get, are you going to water it for him or is he going to come out yeah, and water I'll, it? Yeah, this... Is this rate based on what it's taken to get to the point of actually planting? It's pretty clear all 10 to the plants, which is fine. Yeah. That's what I expected. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm with you about squash and uh, all that. But part of me just it says summer to me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, a good old summer squash and a good old zucchini just says summer. Yeah. And um, we didn't have it for years. and It just always felt like there was a gaping hole. Yeah. Yeah in our garden. So that's why this year I'm like, no, we're going to do something, you know? So this Desi D E S I squash that I have, I don't know anything about it. I know Mm -hmm. I have some seeds and I know I put it out there and it's growing. So we'll see what happens, but it's, it's tricky. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we've talked about this before. If I had this trouble with tomato plants, 
I'd be out there with my surgical mask on and, you know, <laughs> like I'd be figuring it out. I'd be continuing to try. So I, I get it. Well, it, um, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm, That's the mm-hmm, thing, too. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge. And it's. Imagine if you could crack the code to something that is literally the bane of every gardener's existence. You know what I mean? Like I, the tinfoil method, like that's bullshit. You know, you can check the uh, video that's out on YouTube right now that I did about it because I've literally have every day gone out and watched this plants and followed and tracked how the squash vine borers are getting in. Mm-hmm. And I figured it out. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now that aluminum foil method on the stem, it's a it's a help, but it's not the way to get in. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just, saying, yeah, because we talked about this, right? Yeah, and I've seen the yeah, video. Yeah, we have. So, so. I mean, I just, there still is that little inkling in me that says everything isn't meant to grow everywhere. Yeah, so that would be the entire East Coast you're not allowed to have. you know. And I, I wonder, too, how is it that farms can produce it on the East Coast? You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. I don't understand, like, I mean, they must have a bad squash vine borer population because I, I just don't get it. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? And mm-hmm. you can't cover all of it. So unless they, well, they spray the crap out of it probably. So yeah, I was waiting on you to get there. I was actually I very I was trying close. not to go there. I was trying to be nice and like, in my mind, like the farmer that produces food for the grocery store, like it's perfect. It's got a red <laughs> barn. And an old rundown fence, and Johnny's sitting there with his fishing pole walking down, mm-hmm. and they got the cow tilling the field. You know, I, in my mind, that's how it was, and then I, the reality kicked in. No, well, it's it's nice to, to visit that place, though. That's fine. <laughs> I um, I was very tempted. I have um, some bok choy, a second sowing of bok choy that's bolting. Um, and I mean, there's only like four or five plants, nothing big. And so when I, uh, I was going to pull them out of the container and I said, Oh, I'll plant some squash here because it's undercover right now. But then I paused and said, Oh well, shit, you'll have to hand pollinate. And you know, I ain't about that life, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I said, well, nope, not going to do that. But can we move yeah. off of squash? We can. Yeah, we can. It's such an important part of my garden that you're ruining my update. Uh, wait. I don't know Not. that I'm ruining the update given we talk about squash <laughs> daily in one way or another. <laughs> so no, tell me more about what you're harvesting now from your garden. Um, Anything that you feel like it's earlier than normal or? You know, it's funny you say that. So um, I will say one good thing about Instagram is that there is always a dated record mm-hmm. of when, you know, depending on what you put on there, but I have been able to go back and look at certain things and say, well, this is the first time that I at least posted a picture of mm-hmm. this or that. And um, my tomatoes are about on time. Um, I'm get, I did, I've gotten like 10 cucumbers so far. So we're a thousand percent better than we were last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there, um, it was like zero last year. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I came to a revelation too. Um, I grow a lot of bush beans. And I'm really bad about harvesting from them. Um, every time I go to harvest them, it's too late. Mm-hmm, They've gotten mm-hmm. too big. So I don't know if I'm going to be keep doing bush beans every year. Oh, interesting. I might, yeah, I might back off of that. It's kind of a, a pain in the ass. So I mean, um, it is di- disappointing. I have had that struggle as well, but I'm pretty certain you plant a lot more bush beans. I mean, you don't. You don't bother with the runner beans just because of the longer season and the space, right? That's why typically you go with bush beans, right? What do you mean runner bean? Like pole beans? Pole beans, yeah. Yeah, I have pole beans. That's what I I focus on. But I can get plant my bush beans earlier and get a harvest sooner. So that's what I always... I kind of start off with bush beans and then go to my pole beans. But this year, I just kind of like, man, I, I don't know. I just can't stay on top of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm going to go do now is I'm going to take every other plant out so it opens up a little bit more space. Because, I mean, at this point, like, there's still time for me to put something else in its space. Yeah, that's a good note. But also remember that your garden is bigger than it was last year. I know this is a challenge it sounds like you have every year, but it's going to be multiplied based on a larger garden. So maybe not more bush bean plants, but just more plants yeah <laughs> so. well you know if i take that section right there it's um let's say it's six it might be four feet by two feet and i can put parsnips in its place or even carrots and you know it's a low grower mm-hmm. 
so it won't mm-hmm. block sun for anything. It'll be a while before it comes up, so it'll allow that airflow to come in because that's the same bed as my eggplants and my cucumbers, oh, gotcha. and that will allow the airflow to get in there so I can hopefully not have powdery mildew as early. So, yeah, that's my plan. Cucumbers and even eggplants, those are leafy, leafy, leafy like a lot of boy. leafy um, uh, vegetables. So, yeah, airflow would be an issue. Um, tell me about your ground cherries, because I, I need people to hear what you said about them, because when I'm running out and planting them next year, I don't want to be alone. What What did I tell you? I forgot. Well... <laughs> We, we were talking about hint. what we were talking about what you harvested. This is like yesterday or something, and um, you mentioned ground cherries, and I'm like, tell me what do, what do ground cherries taste like? Oh yeah, they taste like pineapples. They taste like a uh, they. I mean, it's not like just like a pineapple, but it's very similar to a pineapple flavor, and um, we make jelly out of them. That's so the variety we, you have. They're different varieties of. It's all one every, thing. Every ground cherry I've had tastes like a pineapple. That's yep. just glorious. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And um, I mean, I told you the story about the first time I had them. I don't remember, but I do I know have I've some told you this ground story. cherry seeds. Yeah, so I went, um, we were living in New England at the time, and I, we were buying all of our food at the farmer's market mm-hmm. or on a roadside stand or something. We never went in the grocery store. And um, I was also growing at the same time, but I wasn't growing enough at the time. Sure. So I went and the guy was like, hey, you, w- you want to buy some Hus tomatoes? Mm. And I was like, excuse me? And he was like, you want to buy some Hus tomatoes? And I'm like, uh, I don't even know what you're saying. And he said, <laughs> Husk tomato. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. So he's like, I tell you what, I'll give you one. And if you don't like it, you can have anything you want for free. I said, Okay. So he gave me one and I said, I'll take five pounds. And he goes, how about this? I'll give you two pounds for free. Just come back. I said, okay. And ever since then, I've grown them every year and I can't, you can't find them anywhere down here. It's not a very common Uh, thing, but I will say this. It is very common amongst gardeners to grow. So, um, I had this conversation with my mom yesterday about tomatoes, which is very interesting. Okay. Are you telling us about that? They're better boy beefsteak. That's it. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. That's what they grow. And I'm like, mom, there's like hundreds and hundreds of varieties of tomatoes and she was like really <laughs> and i'm like yeah mom that's like a thing she's like when you go to the grocery store i'm like well here we go with the grocery uh-huh, store talk uh-huh. so um that's just one of them and i you know you they're great because you don't even pick them off of the plant you wait for them to fall that's why they're called ground cherries so yeah that's actually one of the reasons why i did not grow them this year i got the seeds with the intention of growing them but then i'm just like you know i don't want to have to fight with you know who over them falling on the ground although when i grew um tomatillos a couple of years like last year that happened often and since they're in the husk they really weren't bothered like i didn't see anything bothering them you know things with legs or you know a smaller pest so um i think there's a place for them in the cage baby next year Mark my words. Yeah. The, you, I mean, you should definitely grow about four plants of them. Oh, no. Wait, I can't just grow one? No, you need to. Because you're, you're going to grow one and be like, damn, I need more. I guarantee you will because they're like candy. It's like crack. Okay. I mean, when you're a seven-year-old son, which when he was six, five, and four, he'd be like, can I take some of those tomatoes to school for lunch? You're like, <laughs> yes, you may. That tells you that they're, they are good. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and I, you know, I don't like tomatoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's like, that's my thing. So, yeah, I was just on, uh, we were on Instagram talking about sweet peas, which is they're done now, but you know, the sweet peas that I, the vegetable sweet peas versus the flower that I planted in the beginning of April. And so I literally got two handfuls of peas, but they were the best peas I have ever had. Um, Mm -hmm. I eat sweet peas. I'm not crazy about them, but there was a staple growing up. Um, and I'll put them in some dishes. I probably have a bag in the freezer or something. And so, um, someone commented and said, is it really in all caps worth the trouble of shelling the peas? Right. And so it's such a great question. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, this is cool. But when you think about you having, you know, 
a hundred pods if you're lucky. Is it really worth that? And my answer was, I am a person that was, when I was a child, was near tears, sitting on the porch, shelling peas, breaking up beans, shelling beans. And I was near tears because my friends, I could see them, were off playing and laughing, running around, and I was stuck shelling peas and beans and such. And so with that in mind, knowing that background, I absolutely say they're still worth it. Uh, This person's grandson wants to grow them. And if I had had a chance to shell green peas or sweet peas back then, maybe I wouldn't have been crying because, I mean, they were just that sweet. So, Well, you know, I commented as well on that Mm -hmm. same comment, and um, I agree with you. Mm Mm-hmm. So we actually sit around. My, so my granny, she's 92 years old. Mm-hmm. Every year she goes to the farm because, you know, her family, which now is like, I don't even know what fam- part of family it is, but it's like her family, her, her kinfolk, mm-hmm. uh, they still live on a farm. So every fall she goes out and she they let her say, here's a row of bean- peas. Pick what you want. Mm-hmm. And she goes out there and she picks her peas and she sits around and everybody sits around the table and they got a big bowl in the middle and they shell and talk and laugh and have a good time. And mm-hmm. some people might drink a little wine. Mm-hmm. You know, some people might have a little bit of white lightning or something. You never know. <laughs> but um, that's just how it is, you yeah, know, and it's, yeah. it's part of it. And that's, you know, that's where I mean, I was telling Miss um, Gardner about it. I was like, you know. That is part of the gardener lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, where you find joys in other things and those old school traditions, you know what I mean? That was a thing, yeah. you know, like going to a quilting bee. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some, um, they're like kind of quirky traditions like that for my family. Again, I'm standing by, I was in near tears mm-hmm. in the middle of the summer or end of summer, like instead of playing, doing that, but things like that. Of course, like it sucks when you're a kid. Nobody wants to do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Christmas cards we used to like it was a whole deal to write out Christmas cards mm-hmm. um, and then also wrapping Christmas presents I can remember when I knew I was like so mature because originally I would just be able to wrap the kids presents because if I effed it up it didn't really matter because it's kids right. presents but when I would like I got promoted to wrapping adult presents you couldn't tell me anything I could have ruled the world back then so anyway. well, see and you're you're a girl you probably can wrap presents pretty good can't you Ah, uh, you stay there, you don't you? Like, <laughs> it has nothing to do with my girl parts. In. Every woman that I have ever known is like the best gift wrapper. And then I show up because, you know, the missus is at work or something one day and I have to wrap something. Everybody's like, mm-hmm. Where was she at? I'm like, she went home. Yeah, we can tell. Uh, I'm like, damn, the present is just as good inside. It's not about the wrapping. I can't even begin to break down everything that's wrong with all of that. So, I'm not going to. <laughs> hey, look, I get shamed a lot about my gift wrapping ability, but that's okay. That's And when they made bags at the Dollar Tree? That's what I was just going to say. Like, there's yeah. a whole, like... Uh, movement on let's move away from wrapping paper and move to gift bags <laughs> for that exact reason. <laughs> but you know, and when you go to the grocery store, you know how they sell ears of corn? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of times people will stand around and, you know, yep. shuck them beforehand. Next time you go in the grocery store, watch those people, see what they're doing. I guarantee you they're sitting there, you know, shucking the corn. And also having a little conversation at the same time. And with total strangers. Don't know them for nothing. They Why might would be I need to watch and... those people when I am those people? Well, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you take yourself out of it, like, uh-huh, it's just uh-huh. a natural thing. You, everybody just sits there and talk. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, a little five minute conversation. But it's just one of those things. So Absolutely. It's a great observation. I, um, I was just at the grocery store recently and I won't go into the the detail of it but i told the guy this is a employee i've been going to the i've been shopping for 35 years and i mean that's no exaggeration i've been going to the grocery store at some point back in the day weekly so i'm very familiar with the ins and outs of what happens at the grocery store and i'm like but i've never heard those tips um 
So, yeah, it is that moment of like, okay, all right. The the meat counter, the seafood counter, as people wait, that's also a moment where people exchange pleasantries, but the shucking of corn is a great one. Um, But I do want to make sure I fit in a couple of things as far as some of my struggle updates. Mm Mm-hmm. Ready? Mm Mm-hmm. So spring, as the spring crops kind of come to an end, those that are ending, um, all in all was a win, um, but I did have some struggle vegetables, namely broccoli, which I did not enjoy a single head of broccoli. I planted six plants. We're not um, even talking about broccoli today. Yeah, they all bolted. They went from <laughs> like, it's like, it's the avocado or bananas. If you guys are buying bananas from the grocery store, you can buy a banana that looks like has a tinge of green, you know, get to your car if you run one errand, by the time you get home, that banana is like all brown and mushy. Like, I don't know what happens. You know, same thing with cutting an avocado. Cut an yeah. avocado, go to the sink, come back, the thing's done. Anyway, um, I blinked and the broccoli heads bolted. But luckily, your girl is not going to waste it if she can help but waste it. I ended up cooking up the uh, broccoli leaves. I also had great success with cauliflower. So it looks like two of the six that I planted Hold are going to be beautiful. Uh huh. You just glossed over the broccoli leaves. Well, I'm about to I come back them. around. No, trust you the, can't be doing this. Trust no. the process. Trust the process. The process is hurts. Yeah. So uh, harvested cauliflower, beautiful head of cauliflower. And so since I, I left those broccoli plants in place for this goal, so basically harvested the broccoli leaves and cauliflower leaves, cut them up and cook them up as I would a pot of Southern collards. And uh, they cooked for a long fucking time. And like, mm-hmm. they are not nearly as tender as collard leaves, which is fine. Um, and I'm going to, do I want to give it on a scale? I'm going to say if collards were a 10, th- these were like around a seven. The, dude, that's a solid number. Yeah. Yeah. So should I tell everybody about me eating broccoli leaves? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> so Batavia, she had posted something one day and I was like, I was like, damn it. I was like, Batavia, your collards get so big. And I was like, I don't know if I'm planting the wrong thing. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And um, I was like, oh, but I got this one that's doing really good. And I remember (laughs) she and I were sitting there talking about it. And I mean, I had been eating off of this plant for months. And it turns out it was a damn broccoli plant. And I looked in the middle. I was like, hold on, it's forming a head. I'm like, damn, we've been sitting here eating on this broccoli the whole time, eating leaves and all. And I remember that sometimes we would eat and it would be a little tough. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I wasn't like really thinking about it. You know, I was like, oh, maybe it was just something. But yeah, yeah the damn broccoli. But so that being said, I ate broccoli leaves all winter. And I got to say, they're not that bad. Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't even so. say bad. I think that um, I think if they were younger, they probably would be a little bit more tender. Yeah. Um, so these broccoli leaves, when I harvested them, would have been about from the point of transplant, two and a half months old. So this is probably two weeks past the point of the broccoli heads bolting. So if you think about kind of age of the plant and, you know, kind of how it progresses. Um, So with that said, and I was talking about this on a YouTube video that I did, someone commented like, it's too bad about the broccoli. Are you going to give it another try? And this is, it's similar to your zucchini. Like, I'm not going to let it beat me. This is the part where insert stubborn Batavia you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and so especially knowing that I can still enjoy the leaves if push comes to shove. So I think I'm going to try it again this fall, but for sure with a couple of steps, I'm going to try it again next spring as well. Um, yeah. So not all bad um, broccoli. I know it's, as much as I love gardening, I feel like I'm continually saying like, ah, I could take or leave, you know, insert vegetable. I can take or leave broccoli. Um, but I was you really can, looking forward to it. But at the be same frank. time, like if you think about it, and this is going to open up that whole thing we were talking about yesterday that we're going to do an episode on. That we didn't um, want to talk about? about. Oh. Yeah, that we didn't want to talk about, but we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> when it comes to the space in your garden mm-hmm. and in these certain times, you might have extra space. And if you don't know what to grow, like why not throw a broccoli in? 
You yeah. know, why not throw insert vegetable? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is broccoli is a very heavy feeder. And I've, from what I understand, farmers actually do not like to grow it because it's a kind of a pain to grow. Yeah. So, so this is, and we're not going to right size this one. My bed is seven and a half by four feet. Um, oh, f- fuck no. You told me it was seven by four yesterday. You oh, grew a half okay. inch. Yeah, call, you grew call a half it seven inch by four. Night. I always get, I think it's seven, 14. It would have been a 14 inch uh, bore cut in half. So it's seven. It's, that's seven feet. Yeah. Well, no, that would be, okay, well, close enough. Yeah, so let's call it seven by four. Anyway, I said that to say, um, based on my planting, I did a really super job with, a uh, super good job with um, spacing my brassicas in that bed. I mm-hmm. now have half the bed that's empty because I've pulled four of those plants out, you know, and so actually five plants because I pulled a cauliflower plant out. Yeah. So four broccoli plants, one cauliflower plant. It's it's all relative because the broccoli didn't perform right, but the cauliflower did. And I have no issue with the space the cauliflower took up. And it's the same same space yeah. you know but i've just basically said because this is my first time actually ever harvesting cauliflower i would so always like, start it in the summer you like cauliflower i like cauliflower yeah i'm not okay. anti like you are when it comes to cauliflower i i like cauliflower one way and one way only cauliflower rice <laughs> Ca- no hell no <laughs> i know that's the funniest part talk about a letdown when i had that the first time <laughs> No, uh, I like cauliflower wings, like bro- like oh yeah, 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 cook like chicken wings. I like that. But okay, so let me just take a minute there, because cauliflower for me, anything that forms a head, and I know that you can get side shoots from some broccoli plants. I get all of that, right? But anything that forms a head like that, which is kind of like one and done. Once you harvest that head, you're basically done with the plant. Um, putting aside eating the leaves once that it feels like for my size space it's not the best use of my space now the reason why i'll continue to grow things like that like cabbage is because all things considered i do have enough space to kind of plant some uh, i hate to say throwaway plants but plant some things that aren't as efficient as others right so pound for pound i could put a tomato plant there and get way more vegetables than i can if i planted broccoli like that's the bottom line of it but i only need to plant so many tomato plants if that makes sense well yeah well so first of all broccoli doesn't grow the same time as tomatoes so let's get that out of the way well you know what i mean no ma'am no ma'am No, man, we have I, to think about I it analytical. Our listeners there. deserve better. Wait, no, let me do a better job at that. I could have put, you know, now you're being an ass, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to restate that. I could have put another collard plant because, again, we're gonna, it's going to drinking game. Anytime she says collards um, and, st- and gotten way more harvest out of that than I did broccoli. But at the same time, and I recognize it at the same time, it's still intriguing to me. And well, it's diverse. And it's, don't you ever take the words out of my mouth again, young lady. Every time I I will. was just about <laughs> to say, and it's diversifying mm-hmm. your garden. Absolutely. But, you know, it's and seriously, and I know what your answer is going to be, and I, I want you to try and answer me seriously. Mm-hmm. How much collards can you really eat? I mean, let's just be honest, okay? It's a great point. So there's a part. So for me, I have more than enough collards planted right now. And I probably have around 10 or 12 plants. More than enough for me. More than enough for me to share with my uncle who can take or leave them, who enjoys them. But uh, more than enough for me to share with my uh, mom, like once I've cooked them up, right? Um, But I am also a gardener that's considering my friends right so there are a couple of friends that i have you know one's like oh like her husband is only eats uh it's pescatarian like he only eats fish eats a lot of vegetables so peppers bell peppers are a great source for her and they're super expensive in the store i have another girlfriend that second grade we go back to and every picture i post she's like are those greens are those greens yeah and so i want to be able to gift those to her as well and i don't want to feel like i'm going without my favorite leafy green so that's 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 the answer for collards in particular so i mean because we eat a lot of broccoli Mm -hmm. um you know and at the same time so i will say this in my area 
if I grow broccoli, it is strongly recommended that I grow broccoli in the fall mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's not doing anything but cooling down the mm-hmm. entire time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when we say that when it's cooling down, that means the more mature it gets, the more mature heads forming, heads forming. It's getting cool at the same time, which is keeping it more compact and mm-hmm. it's keeping it from bolting. Mm-hmm. So every spring, every spring, I plant it. Every spring it bolts. And you know what mm-hmm. I'm going to do next spring? I'm going to plant it again. And you know what I'm going to do the next spring? I'm going to plant it again. I'm going to try every year because that's what I do. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what is it for me to start a seed? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Hell, I'm even going to grow three types of broccoli next year. Damn it. I've, you know, I've got... Um, the Waltham broccoli is what I'm, I usually grow, which is a safe, um, a space saver. I'm going to try a Calbrese broccoli and then a Yod Fa broccoli is something else that I got, which is very weird looking, but, um, those are the three types that we're going to try and grow and see, you know, which ones we can get to produce better because the Waltham is not really producing the way we want apparently. So we're going to try it out. So I'd like to share this bit. I am trying the exclusive, vigorous early broccoli with a nutty sweet flavor. Large central heads are followed by multiple side shoots with extended harvest. What are you talking about? Strong disease resistance and great garden performance. That, my friend, is the early heading broccoli Batavia. So clearly, there's no way I could stop growing broccoli when there is a Batavia variety of broccoli. So I am now growing one it. more time of broccoli, too. I'm going to grow Batavia broccoli in my garden. Thank you for asking. You hear that? Damn it. Uh-huh. I mean, whoever made that broccoli is just spot on. I wonder but, maybe um, in a past lifetime, maybe I, do you think maybe I made it in a past lifetime? Nah. I just don't. Okay. Well. That would be too romantic. Mm-hmm. You know. I think five years from now when we're doing this podcast and we talk about this broccoli, I think the story is going to turn into that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to delete this episode now. So uh, enjoy it while you can. But no, it's, you know, it's just one of those things where, you, you know, and this, cause the reason why I'm talking about it is because I am currently preparing my fall garden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I am starting seeds as we speak weekly, getting ready for a fall garden. So, Um, and the broccoli is one of the first ones that you plant because you, you know, the bigger it is, the better chances you have of getting it. Because as you know, when you start a fall garden, you ain't got time to mess around. You got to be on point, you know, cause that freeze date's coming. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just, um, so for the seeds you're planting, starting indoors now what's the I earliest would, i knew you would go directly into that that's, I knew that's the way you my mind works it. right it's, it's like it's the project manager and me like I'm, I'm looking at a timeline here so what's the earliest so this airs july the first you're starting seeds now what's the earliest you're gonna transplant something out um so based on the different combinations of the way i'm planting into my yard i will probably start around august 1st to 15th somewhere in there okay and to be exact, what those would be would be Brussels sprouts and chard. Those will be the earlier ones because they are, you know, Brussels sprouts are in you know, my area you're supposed to put out early. Mm-hmm. Um, and chard is a little bit more heat tolerant. Mm-hmm. And if I put them in a space that I'm going to do some heat management techniques, then we should be, you know, we should be cooking with some peanut oil. Okay. And yeah. I'm going to be seeding carrots at the same time. Okay. Yeah, I was just trying to get the gauge of, like, we're talking about a fall garden and how much indoor growing time are you letting these plants have? And it six sounds spot weeks. on, you know. Yeah. So it's at the earliest, yeah, I guess where we from where we are today, you are looking more like at the low end six weeks. Um, I'm with you. I um I, I ended up going too far because you forced me to on broccoli, but earlier in the year I talked about how I was trying to succession plant some of my brassicas because I didn't mm-hmm. want to get them all at the same time. Someone remind me that's not what I should do next spring, right? Figure out what to do with six heads of broccoli. It's not that hard, right? Go ahead and plant them all at the same time. Uh, so the earliest uh, broccoli that I planted bolted, going back to broccoli. I have the same trouble with some of the cabbage, right? So the long, and I, I there was a, a, a pause that I had when I was doing this thinking the, 
every two weeks I'm planting something different and I'm getting closer and closer to summer, right? So closer and closer to this vegetable saying, I haven't had enough time before this heat comes in and I'm going to bolt. And that's ultimately what happened. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I spent maybe this is, these are the, the seedlings I started or I bought too. So it's a $20 lesson, I guess. Well, you know, and that's how it works. But so what I would do if I were you, so like for me, like I put out my broccoli in March this year. I'm going to now put my broccoli out in February. So we'll get a warm spell in February. I will start hardening it off and just give it more time out there. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? There's no way that, I mean, I might have to do some cold management at that Mm -hmm. point, you know, and I do plan, Mm -hmm. I, I do plan to get something to kind of easily cover an area. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if I need, like I'm consolidating my fall garden into one space. Well, mo- one main space. And we're going to go over that in detail over time. Mm-hmm. But, um, I want to have something that even if it's just a tarp, something that's dedicated for that space that's okay. Psh, I throw it over there really quickly and it's done. You know what I mean? That would just make all the difference in the world. Because if I have something that's dedicated for that, that situation, then I will go out and cover it. But if I got to go out there and get every single towel in my house and all the blankets <laughs> and take the blanket off my son's bed, cause I ain't giving up my blanket. He's just going to have to be cold. <laughs> then, you know, I'm never going to do it. You know what I mean? It's just such a pain in this. Cause then I got to come back and do all that laundry. So, yeah. So I know we spent a lot of time on, uh, broccoli and brassicas and spring vegetables, but we're right in that middle period where things are happening for summer. But guess what? We're planning for fall. And like you said, we don't have a whole lot of time to play around with. So quick internet search. Broccoli can survive. And this is just an average of as low as about 26 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. It looks like it does best, which is key, between 40 and 70. So that's something to think about when you talk about, like, I'm, an, I'm going to plant it earlier. The reality is you could be putting plants out there and protecting them somewhat. But if they're not actually going to take off, you're really yeah. not benefiting yourself. So, again, that's the thing you got to kind of play around with. Um, I'm probably going to go earlier next year as well. Not February early, but earlier than April the 4th or whenever I planted this year. Yeah. I mean, even a couple weeks mm-hmm. can make all the difference Absolutely. in the world. Either way, good or bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you say like, oh, okay, it's July. We're talking about this. But you know what? That's my garden update. <laughs> That's what's going on in my garden. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. you like it or leave it. I, yeah. I don't care. That's what I'm doing. Like I have literally spent the past four days starting seeds. And I will spend the next four days starting seeds. Yeah. You know, I'll spend the next couple of weeks, but... You know, and that's because right now there's a lull period. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not harvesting a whole, whole lot right now. I am yeah. starting to. My my p- pests are management. You know, I'm using my management techniques. I'm spraying every couple, you know, weeks. I'm just keeping an eye on them. I'm mm-hmm. cleaning up for airflow. So, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? And I feel, and I honestly... Honestly, I feel like these spring and fall vegetables get more attention from gardeners because you have more opportunities to grow them. Yeah, I think basically potentially twice a year in most places, right? Um, I think, though, the reason why I like to talk about this now and like that we're talking about it now is um, it provides an opportunity to fill a gap, if you will, in activity, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and also... I've told you before we even met how many years I completely like flopped trying to get into the fall because I wasn't getting the timing right. I wasn't thinking about what I wanted to plant and grow. Like I wasn't thinking about it in June to start in July and so on and so forth. Um, Every time I've failed at broccoli and cauliflower before, it's because I was sowing seeds in June and July directly into the garden. Right. I know better now. So I'm going to do better. Um, And I am going to, I have like 50 recipes for cauliflower and clearly I have to grow at least 50 heads of cauliflower because I got to try all of those. Well, and you know what the good thing about the, these vegetables are is they don't take up a lot of space. I disagree. I think they do. A square foot for a head of broccoli. Yeah. Going back to the, we're not going to comment on, um, you could get more spinach out of that space than you can. Well, have you ever seen the side shoots that can come off of a head of broccoli? No, I haven't. They can be rather sizable. Sometimes like half of the size of the original head. Okay. So now, and I will say this, 
You can have that or you can have that little bullshit that you get at the store in the frozen section. All those little florets. Mm -hmm. Then A lot of times that's what you'll get too. But there are varieties. and I can't remember off the top of my head that when the side shoots come, they're sizable side shoots. You just have to have the time to grow them. That's the key. So, you know, before the heat or the freezing comes. But uh, I'm not going to accept those as my choices. You're not? Nope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I will say this. Tomatoes, yes, you do get a lot of tomatoes, but... I mean, dude, your your garden's four square feet is tied up with tomatoes, you know, mm-hmm. for each plant. That's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I do feel like a little bit of a hypocrite in that moment, but yeah. That's okay. Uh-huh. You know what? You're allowed to speak off the cuff in this show. That's that's okay. We oh, support um, that. Well, thanks for letting me know that was okay, because I was really and concerned we like, there We like moment. apology um, episodes <laughs> as well, so <laughs> carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned, guys and gals, because <laughs> many more to be had. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's it's weird for some people to think about like, okay, it's July. I don't even care about fall, mm-hmm. but it's six weeks out, you know yeah. what I mean? And I yeah. know that I'm a little ahead of like some people and you, but see, you have to think I'm also going to be cooling my garden off this mm-hmm, fall mm-hmm. to try and get a head start so um that's a big uh, a big portion of it but i think it's important that if people want to have productive active gardens that you have to stay proactive yeah and that's part sure. of it. and i mean look i was sad to start my seeds so early and be like damn i'm already wanting it to go away but part of me i like fall gardening personally mm-hmm. Because it's not so damn hot outside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep, I know what you're saying. So is there anything else going on in your garden, Batavia? Um, everything is looking pretty good. Corn is getting up to, the stalks are getting up to size. Potatoes, I, I feel like. Adrian, I know you're listening and I feel like I'm jinxing myself. Right? <laughs> like the Purple Thumb Gardener. Um I, I feel good about them. I still have to go back and check to see when I when the Colorado beetle uh, struck my potatoes last year. I'm pretty sure I'm not past it. It's probably still ahead of me. Um, tomatoes are slow but moving. I mean, things are looking good and feeling good. I feel good for my summer garden in particular. Good. Containers yeah. all over the place, growing all kinds of things. It's good stuff. You know what? I forgot to say one thing. I planted corn. I forgot about that too. <laughs> yeah, I planted corn last week, and uh, damn if it ain't coming up. Yeah, uh-huh. part of me was like, "Hey, I'll plant it, and it won't come up." And then I can just, you know, <laughs> get the misses off my back about growing corn. Damn it, it came up. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a corn farmer now, <laughs> and I'm also um, harvesting my um, garlic and onions this week. I'm just kind of tired of waiting on them. Yeah, I don't know. Of... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I pulled a couple test garlics up and I wasn't overly impressed with what is going on underneath mm-hmm. there. So I'm like, you know what? It's a good time for me to pull it. I can put something else there. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. I don't have a decent head forming now within the next two weeks of which it would be harvest time, it's not going to form a head that fast. So, yeah, you know, it's just take it. What is So what I'll do is if they don't form a good head... What I'll do is I'll just dry them out and replant them next year somewhere else and just mm-hmm. keep trying. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't remember if I shared this here, so I will say it for the record just in case I didn't. Um, not a single clove of garlic uh, germinated, sprouted. It Did I share it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't hear that episode, none of my garlic from October came up. Yeah. Which is rude. Yeah. But the company took care of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. They refunded the money. And yeah. this year I'm going straight grocery store garlic. I'm really? not gonna fuck. Yeah, I'm not gonna fuss around with it. Yeah, I probably am gonna do the same. I didn't do it last year, but it's just easier mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. way cheaper. I am mm-hmm. gonna buy organic garlic. Yeah, but, agreed. Um, yeah, and I probably won't plant mine until December. No, I'll get so. it in there earlier. But um, it's again, it's less the issue I have with ordering it, and it's not to say that you can't order garlic and it'd be fine because hundreds of thousands of trillions of people are doing it it's just like to really get the deal it needs to be a minimum of x and that's generally more garlic than i would want to plant you know so i was kind of like i went 
and the same thing with potatoes. I ended up going with buying more than I wanted and it's kind of a pain. So I'm just going to go with what I think I want to grow, get it from the grocery store and see what happens. Well, when you grow garlic, I mean, what, how much do you want to grow? I'm not sure yet. Just a couple cloves? No, more than a couple cloves. I, think yeah, I, mean, I have a, um, a two by four bed and I have a 36 inch bed, like a uh, round cylinder. And both of those spaces, I think, are good spots for it. So you'd fill that up completely with garlic? Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's important, too, when you're thinking about these things. And I mean, not you necessarily or anybody, but for me to remember, like, somebody asked me, like, well, what are you going to do with all those turnips when you grow them? Well, it's like, shit, I'm going to eat them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I'm producing enough to feed for months at yeah, a time agreed. if not a whole year's worth of garlic mm-hmm. and so that's something that's really important to remember like you know i mean <clears throat> the whole idea of having a garden is supplying yourself with food and that's what i want to do is supply myself with the food to go on for year for mm-hmm. the year so like i'm still eating butternut squash from last year mm-hmm. i have like six butternut squash left yeah and it lasted me a full year and that's what you want. So, um, you know, just remember that when you're deciding how much you really want to grow. I always grow a little bit more than I really want to grow because I know I'm going to need it. Okay. And I, I got a little mini me that likes to eat a whole lot. So, okay. That look is like, thanks for telling me the thing I didn't, I already knew, but okay. Well, I was not yeah. really speaking to you. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's more people listening than just you. Uh, sometimes I get all twisted around when we were just talking, you and I, and then w- there's actually like, you know, thousands of people listening. Hey, guys. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back. All right. Look, Batavia, we've got it figured out this week. Mm-hmm. She's going to give us the recipe of the day. All right, so we're going to do roasted asparagus and tomatoes. There are a couple of caveats here. I really don't want to turn my oven on that much now, but when I roast things, generally it takes a lot shorter over time. We're at the end of the season for asparagus. I'm not yet growing it in my garden, but I hope you are. If not, get it from the grocery store or farmer's market. And we're at the very beginning of tomatoes. So this is going to be like a cherry tomato or a grape tomato. Go ahead and preheat your oven to 425. Get a bunch of asparagus, you know, trim off the ends, the the stalky part. Uh, Get about a cup of tomatoes, grape tomatoes or cherry tomatoes. Um, We're going to coat this thing pretty sick, like pretty heavy. So we're talking about mm, maybe two tablespoons of olive oil. Let's go with uh, two tablespoons of balsamic vinegar. Let's do, this is going to be our seasoning, right? Let's do um, salt and pepper to taste. Uh, if you have garlic salt, do garlic salt, right? And then we're going to have some grated Parmesan cheese. So your oven's preheated, put all of the ingredients into a bowl, um, coat them with everything we just listed, right? And then lay out the ingredients in a single layer in a pan cookie sheet roasting pan and you're gonna bake or roast this for about 15 minutes i want to see like some golden brown pieces like i want to see some bits that almost look burnt but aren't quite and then once you get done you can sprinkle it with parmesan cheese you had to turn your oven on i know it was hot but we got you in and out (laughs) (laughs) you could actually i have like a grate like, you know, kind of like we cook, cook uh, vegetables on the, the grill. You could do this exact same thing and take the, uh, I don't know what it's officially called, but that little uh, pan thing that you put on top of the grill and you could cook it that way too if you want it. If you want it to be outside and enjoy. That's good. Roasted asparagus and tomatoes. Solid roasted asparagus. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to talk about asparagus though. Asparagus should probably almost never be boiled or steamed. No, I'm I'm just saying I I don't like to talk about it because I know that I would love growing it, but I'm too impatient to grow it. And then every time I think about it, I'm like, if I would have just started it, I would, I'd be getting asparagus now. 
I have one space that I am strongly considering. This year it has sunflowers in it and they're starting to become gorgeous. So it's going to take some time for me to say I'm not doing it there. But I have one bed that I just kind of dug out really narrow, small. The only issue I have in dedicating it to asparagus is the way that the squirrels and the cats kind of crawl through the fences and I can just see them crawling all up on that bed. I'm not sure if I'm about that life. No, man. What? Why are you going to plant asparagus now? You are about to buy the house across the street from me <laughs> and move in. I don't even know why. Like I've been pressuring you so hard. You just, you, you keep, you keep trying to set roots. We're not having this. I'm going to have, that's going to be a part of the, the closing deal. When I sell this house, it's going to be like, but you also have an asparagus patch and that alone has to be worth. <laughs> so just for the record, when you sell a house and you have a garden, mm-hmm. you own the rights to all the food in the garden for that last year. It's oh, like an old farmer's law. Uh-huh. So you could, really go back start your garden and then come back during the year and be like yeah i'm, I'm here to get my vegetables <laughs> <laughs> someone's in the side of the house honey is that we know her yeah. don't we yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yeah that's that weird lady mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the garden lady for sure yeah that's the garden lady she's weird she comes back and gets her own food so yeah don't don't I mean, I'm serious. Don't plant that. Stop it. Stop it. I know. I I know. I love you too, buddy. I know. That's just, that's like your love language. I get it. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Truth. Truth. No, I mean, every year I think about, I'm like, man, it's been two years. I would have asparagus by now. I would have asparagus by now. And I just, I don't do it. I don't know why. Uh I just, for some reason I've been so hesitant and I think too, because we eat so much asparagus Mm -hmm. that it wouldn't really, I don't think that we would cover our needs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's so. such an interesting point. You don't think you'd cover your needs. That's exactly where I'm at with strawberries. And we can actually yeah. pick this up on the next episode. Um, but I'm thinking of what uh, is the next episode? I don't know. I'm just I mean, another episode, oh. maybe. Maybe not the next. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean, we have another episode planned, but yeah, I was like, yeah. a future episode. The um, I'm going to say it again. It may not be enough to meet your needs. I'm going to write that down because I want to talk about that more. Yeah, I mean, it's important. You know, space is a premium. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyways, all right, everybody, you've heard our garden updates. Um, I hope that you guys are interested in fall gardening. If you are, let us know. And I know I didn't say this in the beginning of the show, but I'm saying it at the end. So um, Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, send us, DM us a picture of your garden and we will feature it on our page. We love seeing your gardens. We want our other listeners to see it too. You are part of the tribe. We love you guys. You are a gardener. You are with us. Get out and garden. And Batavia, tell them something good. See ya. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your posts and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow from change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.